Well, amen and amen. If you have a copy of God's Word, I would invite you to turn with me to Colossians chapter 2. Colossians in the New Testament, one of the epistles, chapter 2. And we are starting a new series today called Rooted. And I want you to be awake and aware and know that today it is time for preaching. So you see, hey, do you see our cool sign over there? Here's how I want you to know that it's time for the preaching moment. Oh, yeah. Oh, yeah. Hey, I got to give a shout out uh, to our artist in residence. Can I call you that, Mike? You're the artist in residence now. Uh, Mike Voiles, our own Mike Voiles, he's back here. He stayed at this service too, made this. And I want you to know, here's what's amazing. Literally, here's how this went down. Sunday, last Sunday after church, I was like, hey, Mike, could you like make a tree for us? And he was like, yeah, I'll see what I can do. Rolls this bad boy in here like three days later. Isn't that absolutely incredible? Let's give it up for Mike. Thank you so much, brother. So we are indeed talking about what it means to be rooted, what it looks like to find our identity in Christ and his mission for our lives. I had a birthday this weekend, and, and I don't know if you have kind of these weird moments that make you think, I'm getting older. Uh, and no, it's not back pain, though I could talk to you about some of that kind of stuff too, right? But uh, I had this moment last Sunday after church. The kids and I were watching a movie, just trying to chill out, spend some family time. And we came across the movie Spider-Man 2. Uh, now, any millennials, people around my age, can I just make you feel old for a second? That was 20 years ago. Like, it just blew my mind as I was thinking about how old this movie actually was. And I'm watching this with my kids. And if you remember, and probably don't, but just kind of the main, one of the threads runs through this entire film is the idea that Peter Parker, who is the main character there and is also Spider-Man, spoiler alert. Uh, so Peter Parker's going through this movie, and one of the difficulties of his life is the struggle that comes with being a superhero like uh, having not being able to live kind of a normal life and having to always be spider-man is affecting every area of his life his relationships his education uh, his job like everything in his life is affected by it to the point that he finally just says you know what i'm gonna hang it up now, uh, I don't want to give you any spoilers, but the big spoiler is that there's a Spider-Man 3, so I guess that tells you something about what happens there. But as I was watching this movie with the kids last week, I found myself thinking how difficult it is to be a superhero. And, and I know that, that some of you probably would never articulate this, but there is this kind of this cultural vibe where we all find ourselves trying to play the hero at times. Super parent, super businessman, super pastor super spouse uh, and we all are just trying to be super awesome at everything that we find ourselves able to do and, and what i want to tell you is that at the end of the day when we put on all of these masks and try to fulfill all of these roles in a super way it ends up being wearying and exhausting doesn't it Here's what I want to tell you today and what I hope that you will see over the course of the next few weeks as we walk through this series. You don't need to be the superhero. Friends, the role of superhero has already been taken. Our Lord and Savior Jesus Christ literally came to save you. And the call of this series and the call of this message is going to be that if you would, instead of trying to put on the masks and play the superhero, if you instead would surrender your life to Jesus Christ, then everything else in your life would change, friends. Everything. 
And, and here's what happens. You know, some of you are like, well, well, listen, Rusty, I still have to figure this out. Like, I still need to know, uh, you know, how to be a dad. How to, and and this, that's true. But when you surrender your life to Jesus, here's what you are going to figure out. You're going to find that the way you parent changes, the way you lead at work changes, the way you play, the way you spend your everything else in your life works itself out when you first find your identity in Jesus Christ, and indeed, as we sang a minute ago, who he says we are. So when we root our lives in Christ, we're going to find that it changes everything in our lives and even the world around us. So we're going to read just a few verses here in Colossians chapter 2. Then we're going to pray and ask for the Lord's help as we dive into this message. So let's start here in Colossians chapter 2, verse 6. And here's what it says. Therefore, as you received Christ Jesus the Lord, so walk in him, rooted and built up in him and established in the faith, just as you were taught, abounding in thanksgiving. Let's pray together. Lord, we are so grateful for this time, and we are grateful for what you're doing in this place. And Lord, I ask right now that you, by your Spirit, would speak through your Word. God, we want to hear from you in such a way that we know beyond the shadow of a doubt that we have been with you. So God, speak to us. Give us ears to hear, hearts ready to receive, and hands and feet ready to walk your truth out. We thank you for what you're going to do, Lord. It's in your name we pray. Amen. Well, if you remember our messages from Colossians, we're returning to this. Uh, last spring, we walked through this first chapter in Colossians, and the, the theme of that message series was Jesus over everything. And we just spent time talking about the supremacy of Christ, that, that Jesus is better than everything else. There is no one and no thing that is elevated above Christ. He is our all in all. He is big enough, awesome enough, and great enough for anything that we encounter in our lives. And he will have no rival. We said that he is Lord of all. Jesus was not just a loving guy who taught some cool things and had good vibes on this earth. No, he was the Savior of the world. In fact, in Colossians chapter 1, verse 15 through 20 we have possibly the most beautiful description of Christ and his character that we have in all the Bible you look there and you see that it tells us Jesus is God that Jesus was indeed there at creation as creator and that he rules and reigns over everything he is the one the Bible says is holding the entire universe together that includes you and me right now at this moment Jesus is holding everything together in this world world Jesus is the head of the church he rules and reigns over everything in this world according to Colossians chapter 1 and friends that includes you and me so so let me just ask a question that we asked in this series in the spring Jesus rules and reigns over everything so the question naturally became is he ruling and reigning over your life spoiler alert he is like whether you recognize it or not, Jesus rules and reigns over everything. So the invitation was bow the knee to him. Let him rule and reign in your life. And, and what's incredible is that this sovereign, mighty, majestic, amazing Savior, who is so that the theological word would be transcendent beyond us, friends, is also a personal Savior. 
Like, like he wants to know you in a real personal way. So the call of Colossians 2, as we kind of transition into this new chapter, is to press into that reality, guys. To just say, okay, so, so since he is the ruler and reigns over my life, I'm going to submit to him and walk in him. And that's the call of verse 6, isn't it? Just as you received Christ, it says, walk in him. This language of walking is seen throughout Scripture. It's used really to talk about your way of life. Your walk is your lifestyle. So Paul is just really making the basic point, if you really know this Jesus, if you really know him, if you're a Christ follower, then you should be walking with him. And you might be thinking right now, well, Rusty, that's pretty basic. If you know Jesus, walk with Jesus. It is, but here's why Paul is saying this to the Colossians and why he also says it to us. Y'all, like, we don't live in a Christian bubble. We just don't, right? Like, there, there's, like, stuff around us that, that make, they're not, everyone's not walking around with the fully developed fruit of the Spirit in your life. If they are, tell me where you live. I'm moving to that neighborhood. I mean, I went to a Christian college, like Bible college, and it, I'm telling you, like week three, I'm like, dude, I feel like I'm at youth camp 24-7, and that was not in a positive sense. I'm like trying to find, like surely there's a group of kids smoking cigarettes out in the woods. I found them, by the way. I wasn't into that. But anyways, like, so even at like a Christian college, some of y'all weren't ready for that. I apologize. But, but even at like a Christian college in that environment that even felt like, people would even say, it feels like we're kind of in a bubble there was even like sin there and there was struggle there we don't live in a bubble so because that's a reality paul is saying to the colossians who as we'll see in the next few weeks had a myriad of voices and influences coming and crashing upon them trying to mold and shape them into who the culture wanted them to be paul's going to say man listen don't walk in the ways of the world don't walk to the beat of the culture around us instead walk with jesus just as you received Christ, walk with him. Just as you were saved in him, walk with him. So how do we do that? Paul's going to give us three really important ways that we walk with Jesus. First, we see a call to be grounded in Christ. To be grounded in Christ. This is obviously where we get this word rooted. Verse 7 says that we are to be rooted in him. But what does this mean? Obviously, it's an agricultural metaphor as he invites us to literally plant our lives in Christ, to let our roots sink down deep into him. All throughout Scripture, we see this metaphor. In fact, next week, we're going to be looking at a passage that literally describes our lives as a tree that is planted beside the stream of living water. When our roots are sunk down deep into the things of God, we're prepared for the storms of life that come our way and for the difficulties that we have. So let me just open up this truth with a very blunt question that I want you to answer in your heart today. Do you truly know Jesus Christ as your Lord and Savior? Do you really know that you know that you know that Jesus is your Lord and Savior? Because let me just say this, you are not grounded if your life isn't planted in Christ. Put another way, your eternity is up in the air if you are not grounded in Christ. Your eternity is up in the air if you're not grounded in Jesus. To walk with Jesus is to be grounded in Him. This is what you were created to do. God created everything, including you and me, and y'all, he created us to walk with him. 
That's what you and I were created to do. We were created to be rooted with him in such a way that our walk is with him. The Bible uses this phrase walk to literally talk about your way of life. That, that this is the way, so walk in it. Like we are walking with him, we are firmly planted, walking with the Lord. But the Bible says that every single person on this planet has sinned and fallen short of the glory of God. And what sin is, is when we're walking with the Lord and we say, you know what, Lord, I know you say this is the way that you've called me to walk, but I think I know what I need for my life better than you do, so I'm going to turn and I'm going to walk my own way. I'm going to go the way of the culture. I'm going to go the way of the world. I'm going to walk in this direction. I hear what you say. I appreciate that. I grew up and heard all of that, but now I'm going to do my own thing. So we are walking in the way of the world. Here's the amazing thing about the good news of Jesus Christ what we call the gospel even though we were created to walk with him and that all of us have turned and forsaken him and rebelled against him and gone a different direction jesus loves us enough that he came after us isn't that incredible like he loved you and me enough that he came and got us the bible says that jesus came to this earth and he never sinned he never did anything outside of the will of God. He never did anything outside of what the Lord wanted him to do. Yet was he hung on the cross, killed by the religious and political authorities, something greater was happening. The Bible says that in that moment as Jesus hung on the cross, that the wrath of God, the punishment that you and I deserve because of our sin, was actually poured out on Jesus. And he paid the price and he died on that cross and went to the grave taking sin and death with him. But three days later, y'all, God raised him up from the dead. He came walking out of that tomb. He left sin and death there, though. And the Bible says that when you and I recognize who Jesus is, when we know that we are a sinner who has turned away from God, and we recognize that Jesus has come to save us, and that we say, I will accept this gift of salvation, I want to surrender my life to you, in that very moment, the Bible says we are radically recreated. The call is to repent and believe. Now here's the wild thing, this word repent, guess what it means? turn around it literally means we're walking with the world but i'm going to turn my life around and walk with jesus i'm going to unroot my life from the world and i'm going to root my life in christ we don't plan our lives in what's cool and what's popular today we don't plan our lives in whatever way the wind is blowing we're grounded in christ because of the power of his death burial and resurrection to walk with jesus we need to be grounded in jesus oh are you grounded today friends i pray that you are the second call we see in this text is a call for us to be growing in christ so so paul's going to switch metaphors on us isn't he so it said rooted, but now the next thing he says, be rooted and built up. This is literally a construction term. So not only are we called to be grounded in Christ, to know him, but here the call is for us to be growing in Christ. So know Jesus and grow in Jesus. Be rooted in Jesus and be built up in Jesus. Grounded and growing. The natural product of a life that is planted by the stream of water is growth. Both of these words, rooted and built up, really call back to some words that Jesus said to his followers in John chapter 15. You remember this passage where he, Jesus said this. He said, abide in me and I in you. 
He said, I'm the vine, not divine, which he was, but the vine, and you are the branches. So he said, listen, if you're connected to me, then you will bear fruit. But if you're disconnected from me, you're just going to die. So what he says is, abide in me. If you have an NIV Bible, it would say there, remain in me. So the idea is this. If you're not rooted in Christ, you will not be growing in Christ. So if you're not growing today, you may need to ask the question, am I actually grounded in him? Because if you're grounded in Christ, then you are growing in Christ. And this way of life, this rooted life is found when we abide in Jesus. So what does this mean on a practical level? Well, to abide simply means this, guys. Hear me when I say this. Getting connected and staying connected to Jesus. That's what we mean when we talk about abiding. So let me get real, real practical and basic. What am I talking about here? I'm talking about spending time with Jesus. Like real time with Jesus. Do you spend time with him? To get grounded and to be growing in Christ means spending real time with him. I know that I say this all the time, but you need to understand me, friends. The reason I say this all the time is because it's true. The most important thing you can do, your life will change dramatically if you make it a priority to spend time with Jesus and you take that time with Jesus seriously. If you were to commit to spend time in his word and to spend time in prayer on a daily basis, I'm convinced today, y'all, that you would see fruit in your life that you never expected that you would develop. I think the most important part of our day is our time with Jesus. I was telling my discipleship group this the other day, that I can always tell when I didn't get to spend time with the Lord. And here's what I need you to hear, y'all, because some of you are like, well, uh, thanks, Mr. Utopia, perfect Christian bubble guy. It's easy for you to say, pastor. Y'all, I got four kids, eight and under. They're on the back row right now. Sorry if you hear them. They're actually doing really good. Pretty good. Okay. (laughs) Guys. My wife and I can attest that it's very difficult to spend quality time with Jesus when you got four kids crawling around in your lap trying to spill your coffee. It's like an Olympic sport for them. They're good at it. Gold medal winners. And I'll just be honest with you, there are some days where sometimes it's like, man, is this even worth trying? Like, is this even helping me? And what I told my disciples group the other day is like, it it 100% is. Like, even one day, like, it was that week that I'd just been like, you know what, forget about it. And later that day, I was like, in some moments where I was like, I missed my time with the Lord this morning. It's an intentional, daily refocus for me. It, it in a real sense, grounds me. But it doesn't just ground me. You know what else it does? It grows me. I was telling my discipleship group that same week, we were reading together through Ephesians and Colossians, and in both of these books, we'll see this in a few weeks in Colossians, in both of these, the Bible says, hey, put on Christ and his love. Put on the fruit of the Spirit. And here's the thing, in that week, can I just tell you guys, 100%, I was not feeling it. You ever have one of those weeks? And I'm just like, man, I ain't gonna fake it. Like, that's just not me. I'm so authentic. So guess what? When I'm in a bad mood, I'm going to be the most authentic jerk you've ever encountered. (laughs) In the name of authenticity, I'm I'm not going to fake it. But you know when I was reading that passage, what it reminded me of? Even when we don't feel it, you know what the call of Christ is? 
put on love. Put on kindness. Put on compassion. Be who it is God has called us to be even when we don't feel like it. So what I'm telling you is that in that daily time, man, it changed me. It grew me that week. Like I was better with my friends and coworkers. I was better with my family. I was better with the strangers that I encountered in the grocery store because of my time in God's word. My time with Jesus, friends, is so important. No matter what else is happening, just to stop down and say, Jesus, you are here with me today, and I want you to use me. Y'all, it changes the focus of my entire day. And when we don't spend time with the Lord, I think we lose that connection with him. As the text said in John 15, when we're not abiding, when we're not staying rooted, we stop growing. We kind of find ourselves just going through life. I remember when I was a young adult on staff at a church helping lead their music. I would have seasons where I would sit down and the sermon would start. And as I opened my Bible, I would be like, man, this is the first time I opened my Bible since last Sunday morning. And in that moment, I would just think, here I am just going through the motions, right? Like I was on staff at a church and, and I was doing all the things that I was supposed to do. I was putting on the superhero mask, super worship pastor, super young adult. I knew all the spiritual answers. It was easy for me to make it look like I was a growing Christian. I knew how to look and sound and seem like I had it all together. And if people would look at my life and say, look, that is a young man of God right there. Yet I knew that my life was rooted in something outside of Christ. I'd rooted my life in other things. And church, that is an exhausting way to live. Maybe some of you are there today. The good news is we're here today and Jesus is inviting us to get connected and stay connected to him, to stop faking it and start living it, to let your roots sink deep into the things of God and let him grow you day by day as you walk with him. Guys, I want to tell you that practical help's available. So like some, some of you are like, man, I don't really know where to start. If you go to our church Facebook page, just look up Crossroad Wichita, two words, Crossroad Wichita. So that's three words, actually, but I meant crossroad is two words. But anyways, look it up. You're, you're going to find that we have a link to the Bible app where we have our own page there now, and it has a, a reading plan that is going through the New Testament in a year. 260 readings. It, it will be short readings that you can do five times a week, and it may just be a great starting point for some of you to start intentionally getting in the Word of God every day. If you need help getting started, that's an awesome resource. But I know some of you are like, man, I already know what to do. And I love that Paul addresses you in this passage. I love that line where he says, just as you were taught. <laughs> so like, so isn't it just how this is so true in so many areas of our lives? We already know what to do. We just need to do it. Like if you want to get healthy, you know what to do. We just got to start doing it, right? Spiritually, it's the same way. Like we know what it means and what it feels to be connected to Jesus and to be walking with him. We know what we need to do. And the Lord would say, just as you were taught, just as you were saved, walk in it. So the call is to get grounded and growing and walk with Jesus and make that happen. But I want you to notice the last line of verse seven. It says, abounding in thanksgiving. Abounding in thanksgiving. And finally, not only does Jesus say that walking with him means we're grounded, means we're growing, this last word is we're going to be grateful. Grateful. 
Yeah, you're welcome. That's three G's. So hopefully you can remember that, right? Grounded, growing, and grateful. By the way, shout out to the Bible exposition commentary for helping me alliterate today. Uh, I had these same three points, but it was going to be rooted, built up, and thankful. So now you got three G's. I hope you remember that, all right? So shout out to them. But I love the way the Christian Standard Bible translates this last line. It says, overflowing with gratitude. And whether it's gratitude or thanksgiving, really the same meaning, but I love this concept of overflowing. I've told you before about how my kids love to get me water in my cup, right? Uh, it's something they like doing now. I can't wait till they don't like doing it because I'm still going to make them do it, right? Uh, so they go and they get water out of the fridge and they bring my cup. And one of the things that they do very often is fill that thing to the dadgum top where they cannot hardly walk to me without spilling water everywhere, right? It's literally overflowing. And every time that happens, man, I'm thinking about that picture because in that moment, I'm usually not overflowing with gratitude. Uh, but I think of that, that's the idea of overflowing, that we would be so full of thanksgiving so full of gratefulness that if you bump into us you're going to see some thanksgiving and gratefulness spilling out of us that we're so full of thankfulness and thanksgiving that it happens now here's what's interesting to me if you look at the greek structure of this text you're going to see that these first two commands to be grounded and growing are actually in the passive voice so here's all that means. That means that if we're planted in the things of God and walking with him, the natural product, it's a passive thing, is going to be that we're grounded and growing. But do you know this one is actually in the active voice? Here's what that means, y'all. Gratitude is a choice. It's a decision. It's something we have to actively do. So here's what I want us to think about this morning. And I really want you to think about this. Are you a grateful person? Is the default attitude of your heart thanksgiving? I mean, really stop and think about this for a minute. Like, I'm not talking, like, I know I'm the pastor and this is church, and we can, like, whip up a moment of gratitude and thanksgiving and say, you know, I really do have a lot to be thankful for. I'm not asking you to have some kind of weird, it's a wonderful life ending moment right here in this moment. What I'm asking you to do is actually think about your life for a second, and if you could check... The, the physical, emotional, mental, spiritual pulse of your life at any given moment in your last several weeks at various points in your life is the steady rhythm of your life, gratefulness. That's different, isn't it? It ought to be, though. It's a good test for us as we think about being rooted in Christ, grounded and growing in Him, the results of that, the fruit that bears out in our life, should be thanksgiving. Oh, but, but friends, can I tell you that I find myself so often rooted and planted in the things of the world, and you know what fruit comes out of that? Cynicism, bitterness, anger, anxiety, depression, Stress, fear, lust, all of these things are the fruit of a life that is planted in the things of the world. And it's so easy to live our lives dominated by those things. But guys, Jesus today is inviting us to pull up our roots, 
to, to move the tree of our life, to unplant our life from here and move back to the way of the Lord and to plant our lives in such a way that we are grounded in him and his truth and we are growing in him on a day in and day out basis. And when we do that, we are ready to be overflowing with gratitude and thanksgiving in such a way that everywhere we walk with Jesus, his joy, the fruit of the Spirit is coming out of us to every single person we encounter. And y'all, when we do that, we stand ready to make an amazing difference in the world around us. Guys, take off the masks. Stop trying to be a superhero today. Instead, recognize that the superhero of all creation loves you and wants you to find your identity in him so that you can be grounded in him, growing in him, and grateful for him as we walk with him. You pray with me. Lord, we are indeed a grateful people, reminded of your mercy and grace. Lord, you have done so many great things for us. Through your work on the cross, you have made new life possible. God, you loved us so much that you came and got us. So, Lord, I pray that just as we were saved in you, that today you would help us to see this call to walk with you. Lord, in walking with you, we know is difficult in a world with so many voices speaking into our lives. God, I pray that as we seek to be grounded and growing, that you would help us to stay on the path that you've called us to walk. God, I pray for anybody here who maybe has never called on you as their Lord and Savior, that today would be the day of salvation for them. God, I pray for my friends that have already made that decision who perhaps today would say, man, man I need to come back. I need to unroot my life from the ways of the world and come back to walk with Jesus. Lord, we thank you for what you're gonna do. Apply your word to our hearts. It's in your name we pray.